Last week, Jeff kicked off our mini-series, All in This Together, with an honest and challenging message on generosity. Today, we're going to zero in on how to get involved. Welcome to the safari. Our scripture today is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. The truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So, what do we learn from this? We learn, first of all, that the truth is in Jesus. In verse 22, we we learn to put off the old self. Then in verse 23, we, we see that we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Then verse 24, we are told to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So what's it showing us? Well, it's showing us that there's something that's, that we have to get rid of, which is the old self. There's something that needs to be renewed, which is the mind. And then there's something that we need to put on the new self. So in, in Jesus, we put off, we renew, and we put on. What this means is that if you're in Christ here today, your life should be visibly different from what it used to be. The people who know you should be able to say she's not like she used to be. He's, he's changed somehow. So the change should be noticeable. It should be specific. There should be identifiable ways in which you've changed. You've shed last season's wardrobe and you're wearing a new season's wardrobe. And the ladies here will understand that as you shift out of the, out of the summer wardrobe into the fall wardrobe. Now, we like spiritual truths as long as they're not too close to home, as long as they're not too practical. If, so if Paul had stopped here with these useful principles, then the Ephesians church would have been happy, put off, renew, put on. They might have gone home after hearing this letter, having learned something new, and not having been required to change one little bit. Oh, bless Paul. They would have said for his spiritually vague message. Unfortunately... Paul carries on in verses 25 through 28. Liars, he says. Stop lying and instead speak the truth. Put off lying. Put on truth-telling. Put off, renew, put on. And those struggling with sinful rage, stop sinning in your anger and make amends before the end of the day. Put off sinful anger. Put on timely resolution. Put off, renew, put on. Thieves, Stop stealing and instead work for your money. Put off sinful, sinful gain of money. Put on honest labor. But here, Paul stretches it even further, as we see in verse 28, in this particular example. Listen, because now he gives a reason why we are to put off, to renew, and to put on. 
in, in verse 28, he says this, so that he, the former thief, may have something to share with anyone in need. And this time, as I said, he gives a reason for the change in lifestyle so that the former thief, the recovering thief, might have something to share. What this means is that God doesn't, doesn't just call us to stop sinning. He calls us to replace that sin with something good, with something positive. Put off, renew, put on. So let me ask you something. How's your sin life? Have you got some sins that you just cannot seem to shake? Well, do something else. As I've said before, don't just stop sinning. Do something else. The worst thing for a recovering alcoholic is to just stop drinking alcohol. The worst thing for a recovering thief to do is to do nothing. The worst thing is just to sit at home staring at the wall, imagining the thrill of the steel, the rush of adrenaline, the feel of stolen goods in the hand. Because idleness is the breeding ground for sin, just like like garbage is the breeding ground for maggots. And Paul has this image of rottenness when he writes this passage in Galatians. Chapter 6, verse 8. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption or rottenness, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap, reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we, if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So Paul says that sowing to the Spirit means doing good to everyone, especially our brothers and sisters. You cannot live a Spirit-filled life by just coming to church on Sunday. So where does Satan seem to be having a field day in your life? Where are you struggling with that same old sin? Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's, it's greed, like we heard last week. Maybe it's uncontrollable rage. What's your area of weakness? Maybe it's envy. Maybe depression. Maybe pride. Put off. Renew. Put on. Being a sinner does not mean that you cannot serve. We all have something to share, the liars and the ragers and the thieves among us. That's what Ephesians chapter 4 is all about. So let me now ask you this. What are you invested in or committed to that has absolutely nothing to do with personal gain? Something that has nothing to do with you or your hobbies, your family, your retirement, your security, your happiness, your satisfaction, or even your personal spiritual growth. Because it seems to me that Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, that doing something in your life that's all about others is an essential part of maturing in Jesus. As we would say at Cornerstone, the evidence that we know Jesus or are growing in him is the fact that we're showing him to others. Now, the great thing about being part of a church family like ours is that the opportunities to live out this principle are many. There should be no one in our church family who has nothing to do. We, we have our ushers, our tellers, our worship team, our decorating team. But here today, we're going to narrow our focus a little. We're going to focus on our children's and youth ministries. And rather than, rather than tell you 
about them. We want you to experience them. In the game of Monopoly, you can be sent to jail, but you can also just visit jail. You land on the square and then you move on. So today, you're going to have the opportunity to just visit our children's and youth ministries. You might consider this a sampler, an insight into what goes on at Cornerstone on Sunday mornings while you're sat here in the sanctuary, or you might consider it an insight into what God is doing here on Wednesdays and Thursdays and throughout the rest of the week. We want you to hear the stories, to see the vision, and to get a glimpse into how God is using these ministries. So, welcome to the Cornerstone Kid and Youth Safari. I'm trusting that it will serve as fuel for your prayers, but I'm also hoping that as you walk around these five stations, that you will start to ask the question, where do you want me to serve, God? How do you want me to be involved? Our children's ministries are all volunteer-run. No one gets paid. But the word volunteer can be misunderstood. It makes it sound sometimes like the volunteer is doing the ministry a favor. So for... Today, I'm going to say that we don't need volunteers. Our children's ministry needs people who are putting off, who are being renewed, who are putting on. Our children's and youth ministries need people who are living out their life change or their sanctification in community. Our children's and youth ministries need people who believe Psalm 145 verse 4, which says this, one generation shall commend your works to another and, sh- and shall declare your mighty acts. Our children's and youth ministries need people who know that Jesus has changed their lives and can think of no better way to live out this changed life than by giving kids in our community that same opportunity. Know, grow, show. I remember Arthur. I remember Peter. I remember Steve. These were the men who led me through children's ministry. Arthur was old. He wasn't particularly, you know, dynamic. But he was there week after week after week. And it's it's because of him and people like him that I'm here week after week after week. One generation commending God's acts to Another.